0: Jenny, this is called The Tease, and we're supposed to do one. Okay. So tease the episode here. Oh, you want me to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, You're supposed to say something like, all right, this is The Tease. You've got to say something like, um, coming up, a special edition of Breaking Bad News. How about this?
1: Check out our special edition of Breaking Bad News, where we're going to pause on Recall of the Month and instead talk about... The Food Forecast. This is Apron's 2020 look at all the food trends that really matter. And spoiler alert, the top food trends are actually tech trends. Listen for more.
0: I think that was too long. But okay.
1: Welcome to Breaking Bad News, Apron Food PR's podcast about food brands, recalls, withdrawals, alerts and issues, and the way they're treated in the press and on social media. Your hosts are Jenny Grigorsik, managing partner of Apron Food PR, and Jeff Hahn, author, speaker, facilitator, and Apron's head of reputation strategy.
0: Welcome to this edition of Breaking Bad News. I'm Jeff Hahn, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Jenny Gorgosik. Hello, hey, Jenny. hello. Hey, this is not a Breaking Bad News episode, so to speak. I mean, we're using Breaking Bad News, the podcast, but this is a special edition, I guess you would say, huh? It sure is. What's, uh, what's up? Why are we here? Oh,
1: man, I'm so excited to tell you, Jeff, we are taking a break from our regularly scheduled Recall of the Month discussion to dive into a really interesting trend report that we just released called the Food Forecast.
0: Food Forecast is um, an annual trends report that you and your team compile. I mean, it's really detailed. It's not just, hey, this could be the new spice of the year, and wouldn't that be delicious? No, you're really talking about some seriously in-depth trends inside of consumer attitudes and behaviors, all of that stuff in this one report.
1: Yep, exactly. I mean, I think it's, it's important work for us to do, and you're right. It is not a light Light report or light reading—it's I think 130 slides. But (laughs) I know I love it. Think about all the data that goes behind that too. But you know, I think for us as food and beverage comms experts, it's really important for us to have a solid understanding of what the trends are that actually matter for the brands that we work with, because there's so many in the food space. Well,
0: there is. You can uh, you can't shake a stick without hitting a trend report of some kind. But they're pretty. I mean, not to be dismissive of any of them because they're all interesting but they're sort of surfacy if you ask me and there's so much clutter in the space anyway you've got to have something that gives you insight so you talk a little bit about it as if the trends you've identified and your team have identified in it are like the ones that matter so why do you say that and what what does matter
1: You know, that's a great question, Jeff, and to your point, we really wanted to get past just talking about these buzzworthy trends, the ingredient of the year, and really figure out what's going to move the needle in the industry from a financial perspective, from an R&D perspective, where do we really need to be paying attention, and so to do that... We've got an amazing research and strategy team here. They're awesome. And they developed this proprietary model. We call it the trend-fluence model, um, trend-influence. Um, oh yeah, a I see it. Fun combination there, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and basically we look at a trend's strength, the influence that that trend has on a brand, and the sentiment of that influence. So there's a lot of social media listening that goes into this, um, a lot of analytics around the conversation um, Around that trend to really understand is it something that we think consumers are paying attention to or is it something that they're actually acting on?
0: I like it. You mean, uh, and you know, I love a good model because that's uh, what I spend my spare time doing is imagining new models on how we take complexity and simplify it. But um, it sounds like, in the way that you have designed Trendfluence, it's, you're standing up three parts. First, social media listening. Second, you're really looking at data in terms of consumer purchasing behaviors. Is mm-hmm. that part of that? Sure. And then the third is what? What was that third part?
1: Um, the You talked about social media listening. Um, mm-hmm. Then the…
0: Consumer purchasing. Consumer
1: purchasing. And then the sentiment of oh, that influence. Are people yeah. happy about it, mad about it? How are they feeling about it?
0: That's one that's interesting, this idea of sentiment. And maybe of the three, that's probably the most variable or mm-hmm. it has the most volatility to sure. it. Sure. But it's also the one that probably catalyzes the model in some ways. It um, really helps you see what's taking off and what's not. So mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. So those three things are in the model. And And did you have a goal when you created that model that you really wanted it to tell you something interesting?
1: I think we wanted this report to help our clients make decisions uh you know i think our clients what we hear from them is that they're flooded with data and numbers and information and research and insights and it's everywhere but how do you really how do you know which ones are valuable and how do you make decisions off of those so that's really the the way this report was designed and yes it is 130 slides but it's i think we did it in a way that it's um digestible into some really top key trends. Oh,
0: and you've got a story then, or a Mm -hmm. storyline that comes out. Yep. I've heard that expression. We're drowning in data, but we're dying of thirst when it comes to insight. And so the model or the narrative that comes out of that provides both, I guess.
1: Yep. And I'll tell you the narrative of the 2020 food forecast is this. The most interesting food trends are not actually food trends at all. They're technology trends. That are driving the food space
0: yeah technology trends that almost like a carrier wave food is riding on top of and then you have uh, two big buckets right Mm -hmm. what are those big buckets
1: the themes that really came out of the report bubble up into two big buckets one is better for you and better for the planet so better for you meaning there's this huge focus on health and wellness in the consumer space consumers are paying a ton of attention to what they put in their bodies and how they treat their bodies and then better for the planet meaning we know consumers care a lot about their own personal impact on the environment
0: yeah and there's uh we've been talked in the past about belief driven buying Mm -hmm. and the rise in that trend how important um the i guess you would call it uh, not virtual, but virtuous marketing, I mm-hmm. think is the phrase that I've heard lately. The virtue signals that a product sends off into the universe taps into the belief-driven buyer market.
1: It's so true. I think the belief-driven bu- direct buyer or the purpose-driven buyer, or however you want to talk about it, that thread is seen throughout what we're seeing in the food forecast. We know consumers will pay more for a brand that matches their values and that really shows up shows up here in in this report Um, things like cancel culture belief-driven buyers all of it is um, is showing up in the food space
0: yeah really interesting and so we've got these two buckets um, better for you better for the planet they're riding on top of a technology carrier wave or signal and somehow or another when those things come together there's trends that spark off of them. Mm-hmm. So let's dive a little bit deeper into those. In the better for you category, I remember seeing in the report that you highlighted the plant-based trend, including meat and dairy alternatives. No news there, really. I mean, we've been watching that. Uh, and especially in 2019, right. we saw products like the Impossible Burger really take off, Beyond Meat really take off. So not a giant um Piece of insight there, but there's something else that you're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. We saw CBD in just about everything from ice cream to who knows what. And then we um, also talked a lot about, remember, we actually did a Breaking Bad News on this, which was the delivery services. Yep. Third-party and direct-to-consumer delivery service. I think somebody got the, I can't remember who got it. It was so many episodes ago, but somebody got the recall of the month. And it was a delivery service. Was it Blue Apron?
1: Uh, It was a Canadian
0: thing, if I remember right.
1: It may have been Blue Apron. Yeah. Yeah. It was Blue Apron or HelloFresh. I think you're right. It was Blue Apron. Yeah, but
0: there's dozens and dozens of these delivery services. Tons, yeah. Those are all part of the mix. But um, as you take CBD, as you take plant-based, as you take uh, third-party and delivery services, those are all inside of the conversation that continues here in your report. What else?
1: Well, it's it's interesting, you know, those three that you just outlined, plant-based, CBD, and third-party, direct-to-consumer, those are the big themes that bubbled up in this better-for-you category. And you wouldn't necessarily think about delivery services being in the better-for-you category, but convenience is a really huge driver of how com- uh, consumers are making life better for themselves. So it's not necessarily a health play, it's a wellness play and that you're freeing up mental space through convenience and um, making life easier for for yourself so kind of interesting there oh i see
0: if i think it's making my life better then it's a better for better me for thing. you exactly and doesn't matter my opinion about what it what effect it has in yeah. any place else may it's not just, have a
1: physical benefit yeah
0: gotcha i'm with you
1: uh and then of course to your point you know you said plant-based is not anything new of course um Definitely not. But we are seeing some pretty interesting diversification, I think, um, especially in the dairy space with those milk alternatives. Oat milk is really gaining traction, um, you know, just for an example. And then egg alternatives are now a thing. Um, They are a thing. thing. So, So it's happening. And then, of course, CBD also not new, also not going away anytime soon. I mean, it's showing up in everything from you mentioned ice cream, um, sparkling water, quick-serve burgers. I mean, it's it's all over the map.
0: We're going to watch that trend, I think, gain some momentum as um, rule regulatory barriers that have previously um, set up a, a barricade against anything hemp-related mm-hmm. uh, continue to uh, re- erode. And state regulations and federal regulations begin to jive. So yep. CBD... I think it's just getting started. In fact, um, I actually saw a CBD beer not too long ago.
1: Oh, did you try it?
0: No, you know my favorite beer is Op brand, so I don't, oh. I didn't uh, get it. What does Op stand for? Other people's. <laughs> when I, I, if I'm going to make a switch like that, somebody's going to have to be the sponsor of it. I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> well, you should have tried it. But you know, uh, we're talking about oat milk and dairy alternatives. It has me thinking about our own office fridge. I think we have uh, every kind of milk possible in that fridge. Cow milk, oat milk, soy milk, you start to sound like Forrest Gump here. <laughs> um, Don't forget almond. That's... And there's almond, mm-hmm. yeah. And we're seeing also in the, in the dairy space a real uh, business, pro- business uh, set of situations. I mean, Dean Foods declared bankruptcy not too long ago. I see that there was a buyer for them. Maybe that was in the news just a day or so ago. But um, this part of the industry, from a business model and from a product standpoint, is really blowing to pieces.
1: Absolutely. A really, really fractured industry. Tons of competition. Super interesting to watch.
0: All right, Jenny, we're getting ready to take a quick break. Let me just um, make sure that I'm on track with you. We talked about better for me, Mm -hmm. in the report, you would say the better for you category. Now we're going to switch over to better for the planet. That's right. Okay. I'm going to go get some uh, OP brand beer. (laughs) i will be right back. This episode of Breaking Bad News is sponsored by no one, because no brands want to be associated with this topic. And can you blame them? The team from Apron Food PR, however, is proud to step into the vacuum. You can learn more about Apron Food PR's brand protection and promotion work by visiting ApronFoodPR.com. Welcome back to the second half of our special edition of Breaking Bad News, where we're not breaking bad news. This episode is focused on Jenny's annual food forecast that the Apron business puts together for its clients. It's recapping the top food trends to watch in 2020. And Jenny, you walked us through one of the big headlines, which is the food trends aren't food trends, they're technology trends. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, just like we were talking earlier, uh, third-party delivery, um, uh, direct-to-consumer, all of those things that make life easier for consumers and make life better for them. Those are technology trends.
0: Yeah, and even when we think about plant-based alternatives, sure. these are um, these are technology-driven. I mean, Impossible Burger, Beyond Meat—those are they're chemistry experiments, That's basically, right. right?
1: That's right, and largely same for CBD. I mean, it's an ag product that is through technology brought to life in a whole suite of different
0: products. Yeah, exactly. So I get what you're saying about the that these trends are really technology. Um, advancements that are showing up in the food categories, and before we broke, you sort of explained the two categories, better for me, better for the planet, um, and we talked through the better for me stuff. I was thinking about the better for the planet ideas in my own head as you were talking, Then I said, hey, why don't you remind me of how we got here before we dive down too deep into better for the planet? Your research team that you've got, tell me about them tell me the approach that uh, they used and remind us of some of the surprising things that maybe surfaced out of the that part of the work that led us to this point
1: sure the the apron research team is led by Daria Prokopovich did i i said that right yes yeah, yeah,
0: yeah what you should do is just you know it's kind of like the bachelor just use the Daria P. Yeah. That and that'll that'll be better. Because we
1: have several other Daria's in the office. No, <laughs> we don't. Right. There's so many. <laughs> but Daria reads our least research team and she is just an amazing data analyst. I mean, I have never seen someone pour over numbers and data the way that she does and really dig through to find insights that I think no one else would. So She is pretty amazing. She's, and she's awesome. got
0: uh, access to data sets that uh-huh. are really pretty, uh, they're expensive and difficult to get into, Yeah. but she's got um, several of these subscriptions that are really beneficial to our clients.
1: Yeah, Mintel is really one that mm-hmm. we get a, just a tremendous amount of value out of and was a big contributor to to this report. I think Mintel data is uh, it's a premium, yeah. certainly, but it is just really wonderful information.
0: You use one, or she uses one for influencers as well. What's the name of that? Julius is the one that we use for influencers. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that it was, there's another one called Maverick. Mm-hmm. That yeah. a, that's an influencer tool, but uh-huh. she's chosen Julius.
1: Uh-huh. The thing we like about Julius, this is an aside, because um, we're not talking about influencers, but we can, because it's our podcast. Oh, yeah, we can say anything. <laughs> uh, the cool thing about Julius is it is, really focused on not the influencers demographic themselves, but the demographics and psychographics of their audience. So uh, we care much less about who the influencer is themselves. We care a lot more about the people that they're reaching.
0: Makes sense. And that's one of the tools that Daria uses to put together your sentiment ratings inside this the research model.
1: Yeah, and we use a ton of social listening tools. Meltwater is mm-hmm. one that we use. Um, and then, of course, the social platforms themselves. So, yeah, whole host of tools that goes into shaping this kind of research.
0: You're not hurting for data, that's, that's for right. Sure. Yeah. That's right. It's just about trying to sift through it. Mm-hmm. Well, you were bouncing some of what Daria was finding in Mintel and in her other data sets and around with the social media team, right? And from those conversations, you saw something else. It wasn't just better for me, better, yep. better for you. And there's a number of components to that, but also this better for the planet bucket. Yeah. Let's dive down into that.
1: Yeah, and I should note too, you know, when we were looking at these trends, we assigned quantitative numbers to each of those three buckets that we were analyzing for each trend. So um, the social, the volume of social conversation. Um, gave that trend a numerical score, so at the end we were able to rank all of these trends in a numerical order. So the ones that we're talking about today are really the ones that rose to the top in a quantitative
0: way. Yeah, it's not uh, you didn't pick them out of a hat. They actually no. had to rate. Right,
1: exactly, okay. exactly. I'm with you. So there's there's um, numbers behind this too. Uh, but you know, I think in this environmental piece of it, and the better for the environment, it's really important for us to think about. Um, how strong consumer perceptions have become about the environment and about consumers' own environmental impacts. Uh, we know from Nielsen data, another data set that we use, um, 48% of consumers in the U.S. say they would change their consumption habits to reduce their environmental impact. I mean, that's nearly half of Americans. That's pretty huge. Yeah. So, you know, where does that show up in the trends? You'll see it in a few, few different ways in our report. I think they're really top Interesting ones to talk about here are food waste and how we solve it. Food waste is a crisis, I will say, in our country. Um, So how do we solve it? Think things like ugly produce and how do we use ugly produce. Um, Vertical farming, finding more sustainable methods, um, and then sustainable packaging is a huge huge driver in the industry right now.
0: Yeah, and I was thinking about both of those things. Food waste, that's about... Forty percent of our food product is just finds its way to the landfill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm exasperated myself about food packaging because still I mean, it feels to me like so many products are way over packaged. You actually have to have utensils to open the packages. Mm-hmm. They're so crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you can um, I, I was thinking the other day about it. I was opening something that was cryovac'd.
1: Oh man, those are the worst. Yeah.
0: And you imagine that cryovac packaging in a landfill. It's there, it's there for 150,000 years or something. Mm-hmm. Crazy.
1: Yep. And we have competing forces here. I mean, think about the convenience piece of it we were talking oh. about earlier and the Amazon effect that has been driven by that, yep. where we have Amazon packages coming to our house every day and the packaging that goes along with that. I mean, those are in direct competition to each other.
0: Yeah, it really is one of this. Um, that's one of the other interesting things, I think, what you've surfaced here is that the better for me and better for the planet don't necessarily hee haul. Not
1: always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this
0: is a really good point. Hmm. OK, well, let's dive down into plan a little bit further and, and talk a little bit about uh, more food waste, some numbers behind that. Other interesting attributes to this better for the planet bucket that you found. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to to cover here. I think food waste is one. Like I said, is really is a, a crisis in our country. It's not just that we're throwing away a ton of food. It's costing us a lot of money. In our report, we found that the average American family throws away fifteen hundred dollars a year Ugh. in food. And imagine if we all had that 1500 bucks back, what we could do with it, save for college, pay down student loans. I mean, from just an economic driver, there's, that's 1500 bucks that we could all have back in our pockets. You know, that's not, it's not nothing.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, we've got uh, food deserts and, mm-hmm. and what are known as food swamps around the country. That's where, right. Uh, people can get access to food, but it's not nutritious food deserts. They can't even get access. Mm-hmm. And yet we have all of this food waste going into the landfills.
1: It's so true. It's it's such a challenge. But, you know, I think the good thing that we're seeing is businesses are responding um, and they're doing it in a meaningful way. I think um, something like nearly 70 percent of the world's 50 biggest food companies have some kind of food waste reduction program. That's pretty, that's substantial. And I think um, we're also seeing a lot of investors who see the value in reducing food waste, and they're putting money behind companies that have food waste-reducing solutions. And that's really encouraging to see.
0: very good. And, you know, we talked a lot about the purpose-driven buyer already, those who will spend more for a brand that stands for something that they value. This is right in line with that notion. If a brand can um, virtue, signal themselves in this Mm -hmm. direction, they're going to pick up some market share.
1: That's right. And I think, you know, it's it's nuggets like that, that's why we do the food forecast. We have to be able to consult with our clients on what consumer expectations are, what their perceptions are. And all of these um, through lines and buzzwords all go go hand in hand to really understanding what consumers expect out of brands today. And the expectations are so high. Um, So, you know, I think there's bits and pieces of this report that that matter a lot to the way our clients are going to be shaping their strategy for the next 20 years. You know, we do a ton of work with a QSR client and um you know, sustainable packaging is a big issue in the QSR space.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, styrofoam, um, plastic straws. Oh
1: yeah, big, absolutely. Big um huge issue for them. Um even CBD, there are CBD burgers on QSR menus, um, Carl's Jr. has one, so is that going to be something that continues to show up in the QSR space? I don't know, it's something It's something to watch and, and pay a lot of attention to.
0: Yeah, the really interesting question about CBD burgers is when do you eat them? Because typically, if you're in a CBD conversation, you're going to get your burger like at 2 a.m.
1: That's THC.
0: Uh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> different, different, different conversation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. CBD has uh, health, health qualities, um, but no, none of the effects of marijuana and THC.
0: Gotcha. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not interested anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why you passed on that CBD beer. Now right. I know.
0: <laughs> well, any other things inside of the report that um, when you look at it and you step back away from it, you say, hmm, there's something there that you won't find anyplace else?
1: Well, I think we've talked about a couple of them today. I think tech trends um, yeah, really interesting, yeah. disguised as food trends are interesting. The idea of purpose-driven buyers, um, the idea that these better-for-you and better-for-the-planet themes can be in, in combat sometimes is really interesting. But there are some other really cool trends on the horizon that we didn't even talk about. So our listeners are just going to have to download the report for themselves and find out. But I will float this one word out there. To pique your interest. Okay. This
0: is word of the day. Uh Uh-huh. Collagen. 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 Hmm. Well, okay. Uh, For all of you out there dying to know what Jenny means by collagen, you can download the report at the Apron website. Jenny, what's the address? Where do people get at?
1: www. You need that part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> i wonder if people don't know that
1: dot apronfoodpr.com
0: Apronfoodpr.com yep. has the latest food forecast download it Is there a there's a cost to it or anything like nope that? it's free and do you have to enter in your email address your social security number and all that stuff just your name and
1: your email address and we promise we won't sell it to anybody
0: all right none of the no big data issues no not mm-hmm. well fantastic Jenny, thank you so much, and thanks for putting your team to work to pull together this year's food forecast. I encourage all of our listeners to check it out because as you take a look at the trends inside of what Jenny and her team have put together, you're also going to have some feel for those issues that she and I will come back and talk to in a regular episode of Breaking Bad News where things go bad and get worse fast. <laughs> That's, That's right. Fun,
1: yeah. I like that. That should be our new slogan. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. Okay. Thanks, Danny. And thanks for letting me hijack our episode of Recall of the Month. We'll get back to it soon. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you for listening to Breaking Bad News. Subscribe and learn more at apronfoodpr.com. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast
0: app. It really helps.